Monday Medicine, the pastor's perspective on your problems, and this is Pastor Richard Lejeune. And this is Pastor Curtis King. All right, good to see you, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yes, sir. You have a little more color this week than you did last week. Your your cheeks are rosy. (laughs) We are recording these episodes, not quite back-to-back, but uh, you know, within about a week and they're spread out across three weeks. So, uh, no, yes, I'm, I'm feeling really well. I am. I'm, I would say that I'm probably 98%. So feeling good. I was getting ready to ask you to put a number on it because last week you said 88%. And then a few days prior to that, just on a, a personal phone call, you said 80%. And, uh, and you were like jumping up and down rejoicing over 80%. So if you're at 98 right now, that's, that's really, I'm not sure I've ever had a day where I was 98. So uh, congratulations. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a good day. And so, yeah, how, how are things um, with you and Janet and, and Joseph? Oh, we are doing absolutely fantastic. We're doing absolutely fantastic. Happy as can be. It, it, it is seriously fall here now, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm loving it. I am loving it. The leaves have not started turning colors yet, but it is it is beautiful. Hey, one of these days uh, at fall peak week, you and Angela and the kids have got to come over here and see Whirlpool State Park. Uh, did I take you over to Whirlpool when you and your guys you came did. to visit? Yes. Okay. When when the leaves are in full bloom, it, it is absolutely breathtaking over there. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would so have, how are we doing? We're doing great. <laughs> yeah. When we went to Whirlpool state park standing, however, what a half a mile, quarter mile above the water looking down. Yeah. I know I'm sure you can get down by the water, but the, the vantage point we had, but being able to see all the, the trees change their leaves, it's gotta be beautiful. Oh my, it honestly, I have seen fall colors in a lot of places, and I've never seen anything even even close to that. Uh, when you add in not just the colors, but the the Niagara Gorge, and then the um, the second worst rapids in America next to the Grand Canyon, right right below you, and um, and then you look down, you see the bridges going over to Canada. Oh my, um, it is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. So uh, yeah, it's good stuff. That's fantastic. Well, one thing I have always admired um, about you, just a characteristic of you, is that wherever you live, you buy in 100%. <laughs> I <And> do. <laughs> when I was up there visiting you a few months back, you, you knew more about the history of that area and um, some of the people from that area than folks who've probably been born there and grown up their whole life. And you've bought into the sports teams, you've bought into the culture, the food. So take it. Why don't you uh, last episode, I took the time to share what uh, what's going on at White Oak Baptist Church. Why don't you take a few minutes and just fill us, fill us all in on uh, your time there at Calvary Baptist in Niagara Falls, New York. Well, I, I will tell you this, you are absolutely correct. I, I have bought in everywhere I've lived. And of course, you know, we were in um, Maryland for 22 years and um, completely bought into uh, the Baltimore, Washington um, life. And and honestly, um, I, and part of it is that when 
when I was a kid, you know, you, you grow up and you see on the news every single night, you see the White House, the uh, Capitol building, Washington Monument, and you, know, you see all these things every single night. And now, lo and behold, I live there. You know, I, I just I couldn't get enough of it, you know, and, and even after 22 years, I still get a lump in my throat every time I see, you know, those incredible places. And, um, uh, you know, I never it never got old to me. But when we moved here, um, let me just tell you, this this is absolutely not what people think New York is. <laughs> OK, it, it really um, I have I have been I'm not a world traveler, but I've been to a lot of places. I've never been to a place even close to as beautiful as the Western New York, uh, Niagara region. Um, I told Joseph just the other day we were we were down by the falls and I said, I said, you know, if you took Niagara Falls out of this area, this is still the most beautiful place on the planet. When you have Lake Erie, Lake Ontario, the Niagara River, the Gorge, um, when you have um, uh, just honestly, Buffalo is is an amazing place. Uh, there's a canal side in Buffalo that's kind of like the Inner Harbor in Baltimore, and um, it, it's just phenomenal. And uh, Janet and I talk all the time about how that this is a walker's paradise. Uh, you you could literally go walking at a different place every day for three weeks and every, every place you would go would be the most beautiful place on the planet anywhere else. And uh, so we, we really do enjoy living here. Um, uh, in fact, uh, I am at my third anniversary of uh, preaching my first sermon here at Calvary. And I told everybody at church on Sunday night, um, and, and this is no negative reflection on anybody or anywhere, but I, I told the church Sunday night, I said, you know, I said, I've been in the ministry 34 years, and I, I, there's a lot of things I would do differently if I could start it all over again. But the Lord knows my heart. I really try to be faithful to the Lord, and, and uh, I love the Lord with all my heart, and, and I wanted to do it right uh, for 34 years. And, and I feel like being here at Calvary Baptist and living here in Western New York is God's reward to me for being faithful for 34 years. Um, you know a lot of my story. I mean, you know, we've had times where we had absolutely no groceries whatsoever. I mean, we had nothing in the house. We didn't even have crackers and cheese. We had nothing. We didn't have a can of beans. And but we were praying, and groceries would just show up. Okay, and um, you know, we've we've had a lot of moments like that in in our ministry. And and but you know, through it all, we've tried to do the right thing and be faithful. And and I look around like. <laughs> I get to, I get to be here. This is it is cool, and the people here at Calvary are just the easiest folks in the world to pastor. They're just thankful to have a church, you know. A um, lot of new converts, um, lots and lots of new converts. Um, uh, a lot of our folks had never been in a Baptist church ever in their life until they walked in these doors. Um, uh, you know, we've got uh, folks who just got incredible stories of God's grace and. Um, um, it, it is it is refreshing. I, I love it here. The church has grown numerically. Uh, we haven't quite doubled our attendance, but we're we're knocking on the door of that. And um, if you consider that is through COVID, then that that's that's pretty good. And and I got to say, I don't really take. I honestly, I can't point to one thing I really that I've done that has accomplished that. I think what it is is just we are in an area where there are a lot of hurting people. And when you provide the medicine, you put it out there, like, you know, what we're doing here, um, people come, you know, and uh, 
Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm happy. I, I've, I've never been happier in my entire life. And so God is good. God is good. And when you called me about starting this podcast, I thought, man, that's going to be the icing on the cake right there. So, so there you go. Is that, is that good enough? That took us to the eight minute mark. I, uh, I don't know yeah. if there's anything else you want me to say. <laughs> no, I, I have to say that um, you and I have known each other since 2009 and uh, we we've enjoyed years of ministry working together. Um, you know, when you're in a larger ministry, it just has its natural stresses and yeah. um uh, I've, you've always been a guy who's on the top side. I mean, I don't know how many superlatives you just used in the last uh, five minutes, uh, but you're the, king, you're the king of superlatives. Millions, millions, millions of, of superlatives. superlatives. My, uh, I've told you a million times to stop exaggerating, but you just don't get it. Um, <laughs> I anyway, never exaggerate. You never exaggerate. <laughs> never exaggerate. Um, but in all the time I've known you, I have really when I call you and talk to you on the phone, I've never seen you so lighthearted yeah. and, and happy and joyous, uh, which you always have been, but it's just on a whole nother plane. So yeah. I'm excited <laughs> for you guys. I really am. You know, Richard, years ago, um, one time, just in casual, con- Janet wasn't trying to rebuke me. Okay. But just in casual conversation, she said, you know, sometimes you exaggerate. <laughs> and, and I told her, I said, you know, honey, I said, honestly, I really believe that I never exaggerate. And, and I said, I'm, I'm being totally serious here. I really believe I never exaggerate because when I say this is, that was the best sermon I've ever heard in my life, in my heart, I do truly, honestly feel that was the best. So when I say, you know, today is the most beautiful weather I have ever seen, I honestly, sincerely believe that today is, of course, it's it's dumping down rain out there, but but you know what I'm saying. But so to me, uh, if uh, I guess exaggeration, if, if you match words with reality, that can be exaggeration. But if you match my words with what I feel, it's not. It's real. Yeah. And when I say I am just ridiculously excited about what's going on at Calvary Baptist Church. Um, I was texting some of our members um, uh, this past Saturday night, and I told them, I said, it it frustrates me that I have to go to sleep tonight because I just want to go on over to church and have services right now. (laughs) And I I mean that. I was like, why can't we have Sunday every day? Everybody quit your jobs and just show up here at 1045, you know? Absolutely. I know I don't know well, it's probably a mental disturbance is probably what it is. Uh, well, it it's a it draws people, and and that's why you have so many friends all over the place because God's <laughs> given you such a charming uh, and personality. So I'm not sure if charming is the uh, witty. Uh, I, regardless of that, we have a new theme today. Personality, don't we? okay, whatever we <laughs> want to go with here. Um, so we have an, a new idea that we yes, want to run. Uh, we want to run with here. Um, instead of giving a joke of the week and then the most interesting thing we've seen this week, we're both going to share a joke and then we're yep. going to leave it to the comment section for everyone to decide who told the better joke. Okay. So, uh, Pastor King, why don't you share your joke here at the beginning and then I'll share mine before we, we, right before we get off. Okay. That, Hey, you know what? How, how about if we, if we do this, why don't we do our jokes back to back? Okay. Okay. And and the, here's the reason why I'm saying that. Why don't we have Joe um, 
um, whenever we post this on everywhere we post it, why don't we have him say the jokes are at the 11 minute and whatever second. Okay. And that way, if there's somebody that can't listen to the entire thing, which I, I know there are people who only get five minutes or eight minutes or two minutes or whatever, and that's fair cool. enough. But at least they'll get the joke, which is the most important. Wait a minute. I can't say that. But the most important but, part? Uh, never mind that I said that. Okay. All right. But but if we can have Joe say, you know, that everybody, you know, if, if you have to listen to this later, that's fine. But for now, go to the 12-minute mark, listen to the jokes, and in the comments section, say who had the better joke. Okay. Okay. All right. PK so who's going first? PL. Am I going first or are you going first? You go first. Okay, I'll go first. Okay, here is my joke of the week, and I am begging everyone to please, in the comment section, uh, say that my joke is better. Okay, so uh, the joke is, what do dentists call their x-rays? What do dentists call their x-rays? You know this one, don't you? I do. Toothpicks. <laughs> That's the greatest joke I've told you. And cue the laugh track right there. All right. Okay. Um, here's my joke, okay? A, a little girl got all dressed up in her Sunday best, and she was late. Her parents got to church late. So she's running to her Sunday school class. So she's running and she's praying. She's saying, dear God, please don't let me be late. Dear God, please don't let me be late. And then she just trips and falls she gets up, she dusts herself off. She sees now that her dress is all dirty. She has a tear in her dress. So she starts running again and she's still praying, dear God, please don't be late. But this time, please don't push me over. Either. <laughs> That's a good one. Now, if I were voting, I would give you a 9.9 .9 for that one. And I would give myself a 10. Okay. Oh, goodness. Hey, why don't you introduce our new theme um, for um, uh, what, probably what the, uh, the next three episodes? Probably, I can't. I would say, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes here. But we're, we're going to move on and talk about bitterness. We've talked about Christian friendship, and uh, we're going to talk about bitterness uh, because bitterness is one of these things that I believe Christians, um, when they let that settle into their heart, it spoils everything. And a lot of Christians walk around with a lot of hurt uh, that they just haven't let go of. And that bitterness it becomes a root, as Hebrews 12 describes, that can defile them. And someone can go from being on track and growing in the Lord and having a great um, Christian life and great relationships to where the next thing you know, uh, or rather just it, things deteriorate over a period of time, but you wake up one morning and someone can become very unpleasant, and they might fake it with a sect of people, but deep down inside they feel unpleasant, and it's just defiling them to the core of who they are. And uh, bitterness is one of these things where no one wants to admit they have it, no one yeah. wants to acknowledge it, uh, but I can say, looking back over my shoulder, there have been times in my life where I've been bitter. I've known it's wrong. Um, I've known all there is to know in my head, but my heart just had that battle. What do you do about it? Bitterness, the, right. Yeah. How, yeah. You know, you need to get rid of it, but how do you? Correct. So how do you pull up the roots? You know, when you're, when you're trying to get a tree 
or some big weed out of your yard that's just overgrown, um, it, it's a lot of work to get it all of the root out to make sure it doesn't come back. And if Christians are going to overcome bitterness, um, especially if that root's really taken hold down in your heart, uh, it's going to require some effort. It's going to require some work. So we hope to, over the next few weeks, offer some thoughts on bitterness that will help. And then also, you may not be a bitter person, but you may have someone in your life who is bitter. And you may need to help that person uh, in a loving and caring way. And one of the best ways you can help a bitter person is just don't throw stones at them and judge them. Try to understand them and be patient with them. And where they give you influence, don't try to control them, but just work toward helping them. So um, refer back to the last three episodes about friendship (laughs) and be that for them. Yes. So Pastor King, why don't you get us started this morning? Okay. Take a verse and and we'll we'll get going here. Okay, I've got. I'm sure you do too. We both have probably a lot of verses uh, that that relate to this. And um, the 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 number one verse that I that uh, of all of them that I looked at in preparation for this podcast that that grabbed me the most is Proverbs 20 and verse 22. And here's what it says: It says, "Say not thou." I will recompense evil. Okay, it just means you don't don't try to get revenge. Okay, say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and He shall save thee. Now I've got that whole verse highlighted, but I've got the word wait circled. Okay, so let me read it again. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and He shall save thee. So here's what I'd like to say about that regarding bitterness. Um, I'd like to say that waiting on the Lord implies that it takes time. Okay. It takes time and there is nothing wrong with it taking time. Um, and, and I, I hope I don't get too carried away with dragging this out because I, I, I want to get where you're, you're wanting to go to, but um, you, you remember John and Annalisa Edwards, right? do you remember them? Um, uh, long story. They were missionaries. John's a pastor now and, and doing really well. And, and um, anyway, we've been friends for a long time. When John was on deputation, um, he came to, to our old church and um, uh, I walked into the lobby. He was he was there. He had his table, his display table set up. And he said, Pastor King, I want you to taste something. This is really good. And um, he had habanero extract. OK, and he, yes, seriously. And he put it on, I think, I think it was like on the tip of one of those miniature spoons and touched the tip of my tongue with it. And of course, you know, the first second and a half, you don't really taste anything. But within about five seconds, it had overcome my entire body. Okay. I mean, I, I honestly felt like my face was on fire and the rest of my body was catching up quickly. Okay. And um, I ran, and he's trying to raise support. (laughs) I ran to the water fountain, and he said, no, 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 don't drink water. That'll make it worse. He said, you should drink milk. I said, where am I going to find milk around here? And so I ran, and and drinking water did make it worse, but it did give me a temporary relief, and it diluted it to a certain extent. But, um, But I thought about that because I was totally consumed with bitterness, within just seconds of putting that on, on my tongue. Now on the flip side of that, I have tasted other things that gave me a bitter taste, but they did not consume me with bitterness. 
Okay. Uh, there are a lot of things that I'm just not a real fan of eating um, that, but you know, once it's in your mouth, you swallow it and give it a couple seconds and it's over. So there are varied degrees of bitterness. There's, there's, there are events in your life that leave a bitter taste. There are events in your life that consume you with bitterness. And, but whatever the case is, wherever you are on that, what you have to do is wait on the Lord and if you if you don't see yourself making progress, you have to ask yourself, am I waiting on the Lord or am I waiting on my enemy to come and apologize to me and come beg my forgiveness? That's probably not ever going to happen. You know, I mean, they're probably never going to see it your way. You'll, you'll never get them to totally buy into to your view of however you were offended. Uh, so there is no magic wand. You can just wave over somebody and, and poof, miraculously, the bitterness has has just disappeared. And so I think that you have to understand that tomorrow morning when you wake up, it's probably still going to be there, but hopefully a smidgen less than before. And, um, uh, but waiting on the Lord to help you and recompensing evil is not, is not the answer. Okay. Well, I'm going to slander them. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, defame their character on Facebook. No, no, that's recompensing evil. Don't recompense evil. Don't feel like you got to blast them on Facebook. Don't feel like you've got to go, you know, flatten their tires. Don't recompense evil. Wait on the Lord. So that that's my first verse. What what do you got? Well, first verse I have. I'd like to talk about the source of bitterness and where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, "Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, mm-hmm. but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life." And uh, Solomon does a good job of offering a contrast within the book of Proverbs, verse by verse. The first half talks about when we have a hope, uh, an expectation, and that that doesn't work out. Uh, that's deferred. That's turned away from us. It makes the heart sick, and that sickness can lead to bitterness. So uh, I was reviewing some notes I had taken in a college chapel sermon many years ago, and um, I, I thought this was really good. I had tucked this away. Bitterness comes as a result of either lust or loss. And Mm -hmm. the way the preacher had had defined that, he said, lust is when I want it, but God refuses it. I want it, but God refuses it. So some biblical examples of people who became bitter over having a hope, but God just saying, no, you can't have that, but they pushed through anyway. Um, How about Korah in Numbers 16? Mm -hmm. He, He wanted to be, he wanted the position of leadership of, of the Israelites as they're traveling through the wilderness. And God just said, no, that's not for you. That's Moses's position. And Korah led a revolt and God opened the ground and swallowed him whole uh, because Korah had reached a place where he was very bitter. He wanted a position that God did not want him to have, uh, at least at that point. Um, Moses was God's selected man, and that led Korah to having a, a, a root of bitterness. He had a hope that was deferred. It made his heart sick. He didn't handle that properly. How about Ahab with mm-hmm. Naboth's vineyard? Um, mm-hmm. That's where we get bitter over possessions. We see something that someone else has, and we don't have it. Maybe we've worked hard our whole life, and you know they just walked into it, and they got it. Um, uh, possessions. Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard. Naboth said, no, it's not for sale. And we all know the story. Jezebel has Naboth killed, 
and then hands the title to the vineyard, the deed to the vineyard over to Ahab and says, go enjoy it. And that lifestyle led to Ahab dying a horrible, horrible death because he became bitter over wanting something that he, God just flat out said no to. Now, sometimes we may do nefarious things like Ahab, uh, hopefully not to that level, but to get what we want, um, going into deep debt, skipping church uh, to work, to earn something uh, that's not the right time to have it. Uh, but those things can lead to a bitter soul when we don't get our way uh, because of lust. And then uh, privilege, um, Joseph's brothers became bitter because Joseph was getting special treatment that they weren't getting. And yeah. that made them bitter. Um, they wanted something that God did not intend for them to have at that time. And they would end up getting later. Uh, J- Jacob loved his children, but showed favoritism toward Joseph. And you can, we can argue the antics of that, whether that was right or wrong. I, honestly, I think Jacob was probably wrong in how he handled all that. But regardless, that was out of their control. Joseph was mm-hmm. getting privileged. They weren't getting, getting a, an expensive coat and special treatment. And, and then little brothers telling him that everyone's going to bow down to him. Anyway, that led to, that led to bitterness in their heart and not to eat up all the time here, but not only does bitterness come from lust, it can come from loss. And when, when we want something, but God has it removed or allows it to be removed. And just to shoot through these real quick, uh, how about Saul? He, he was mm-hmm. king, and by his own sin, he forfeited that position, and he, he wanted it, he had it, and then God removed it because of his own decisions. And you find Saul becoming a very, very, very bitter man mm-hmm. over yeah. that. Um, how about Job's wife? All of their possessions were taken away. They had possessions completely gone, children dead. I, I don't necessarily throw stones at, at Job's wife. What a difficult, difficult thing to go through. But she became bitter. And then an example of someone who probably had every right to become bitter but didn't was Joseph. After being sold into Mm -hmm. slavery, his privilege was gone. He had it. God Mm -hmm. removed it. And instead of becoming bitter, he allowed uh, himself to just trust God through the process. Now, we may get to heaven and find out that Joseph battled with a feeling of bitterness from time to time, but he battled. And, and mm-hmm. Pastor King, I think that that's the greater point is when bitterness does settle in, there needs to be a battle to get rid of it. Yes. And you see his progress in, in the right direction. <laughs> you know, I'm afraid if you and I had gone through that, we may have seen uh, ourselves go the other direction. But look, look at where he ended up. And wow, those are good. Those are good. The, I'll give you my, my next side. And uh, I think we've got about three minutes left. So I'm just going to try to hit it quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a verse, but just two words uh, that you find in the Bible. One word found twice. Um, when, when Israel was um, uh, in their wilderness journey, they were thirsty and they came to a place called Mara mm-hmm. and it was called Mara because the water was bitter. And the solution was not to uh, go get a water purification system. The solution was to cut down a tree and throw it in. And of course, that is symbolic of the cross. And what I would say to everyone today is if you are struggling with bitterness, cling to the cross. Amen. Cling to the cross. You know, um, going back to the basics of Christianity always is therapeutic. And, and just go back to the basics, cling to the cross of Calvary and let the blood of Christ that that healed your soul, let it begin to heal your mind. 
Um, the other place that word Mara is used is in the book of Ruth. When uh, Naomi and her family, they left uh, Bethlehem to go to Moab. Ten years later, um, uh, uh, Naomi comes back without her husband, without her two sons, but with her Moabite daughter-in-law. Okay, And um, uh, the people in the city of Bethlehem said, said, Naomi, you're back. And she said, don't call me Naomi. Naomi means pleasant said, call me Mara, call me bitter because God hath dealt bitterly with me. Well, that's quite an accusation against God. Um, now, does she have pain? Well, good night, did she have pain? Uh, but when you get down to the end of that short book of Ruth, oh my goodness, he's in the lineage of, of King David, you know, and, and we, you know, without having time to go into all that, but uh, but those are two situations where where bitterness became sweet. Okay, Mara, uh, Mara used to be pleasant. Now is bitter, and then was healed, and then the water was bitter. In the cross of Calvary, the the typology of that was cast in and and made sweet. I think leaving uh, ending the podcast day on a positive note would be to say uh, there is hope. There is hope that if you are dealing with some level of bitterness in your life today that that it may not happen today or tomorrow morning but if you will cling to, to the christ you can be healed of that and that's our prayer for you today you want to wrap it up today we got 45 seconds yeah the cross of christ is the solution for all of the christians problems because jesus told us in hebrews 4 that we we he he's experienced everything we've experienced there's no yes. temptation he hasn't gone through and he understands so turn to christ and trust him and if you'll focus on the cross and what Jesus did for you there and how he forgave you and me of all of, all of our sin, uh, then you, you can begin to find the forgiveness in your heart. Well, we hope the podcast has been a blessing to you today, and we look forward to meeting with you next Monday and encouraging you then.